On this episode of Weddings for a Living, I will share four wedding planning niches you may not have thought about. Hello, I'm Debbie Queen. You're listening to another episode of Weddings for a Living. This is the online talk show for new and aspiring wedding planners. If you are planning on planning weddings for a living, this is the show that's for you. If you're actively planning weddings for a living, this is the show for you. Today, I want to share four wedding planning niches that you may not have thought about. I tend to zig when others zag and specializing as a wedding planner is the epitome of that belief, right? And ever since I've been doing this talk show since 2008, I believe, the specializing thing has been part of my platform. I guess if I was running for office, that would be my platform specializing. And a lot of different specialties, niches come up. And I wanted to just go over a few that you may not have thought about because I believe when you're running a business, it should be enjoyable, but it needs to be profitable. And specializing is one way to do that. But before I get into the meat and potatoes, I just want to remind you that weddingsforaliving.com is the online resource where you can find archived episodes of this show. You can find articles about planning weddings for a living that cover running the business finding clients, some of be- some of the best practices. And there's also a wedding planner's glossary, which really doesn't need a review per se. But if you're as you're reading information on the site, you'll see some words are highlighted and you'll get the definition. But if you're anal like I am and just want to browse A through Z, you can do that too. Just go to weddingglossary.com. But um, the main web- website is weddingsforliving.com. So please bookmark that site, keep it someplace where you can find it, go to if there's a question, so something you're not quite figuring out with regard to planning weddings, the answer may be there. And I also welcome your questions, you know, so please go to weddingsforliving.com slash, oh my goodness, what is it? Weddingsforliving.com slash questions. I think that's it. And you can complete the form there. And hey, you can always leave me a voicemail message. Call me on 202-681-2126. 202-681-2126 and leave a message for me. Okay, so getting back to this wedding planning niche, I, I've got four of them I want to share with you. And if anything, I just want to get the creative juices flowing. You know, a lot of times the answers for what we can do are already in existence, perhaps in another industry. And in many time, many instances, you can apply those experiences, those niches, those specialties to what we do. So the first one I want to talk about is all-inclusive, offering all-inclusive wedding planning. So if you're into weddings, you may be familiar with this concept. Sandals, the Caribbean destination wedding company, they include wedding and honeymoon together. I think they've coined the phrase wedding moon, you know, which means you're a couple, engaged couple, plans a wedding in the Caribbean because that's where Sandals currently is located on different islands throughout the Caribbean. And with a few select guests or many guests or however many guests are willing to go to travel, it's really a one-stop shop. Accommodation, wedding, 
ceremony, cake, flowers, and whatever. You can add on any other wedding accoutrements as desired. Well, what about doing something similar on a smaller scale? Now, for you, this would mean you offer a bundle of wedding items for one price. Basically, that's what we're getting at. It's less hassle for your clients and more control for you of the end result. So to give you an example, your all-inclusive wedding planning offering might include the location, which is optional and might be tricky if you don't have your own venue. But um, we leave out the location. And I'll explain how we incorporate that in just a moment. So perhaps your all-inclusive package includes flowers, photos, video, food, and entertainment slash music. Each component, each of those items that I've just mentioned there, will be provided by a professional wedding vendor. So not you. You will then pay a wholesale rate that you in turn mark up to your clients. Do you see that? So your clients don't have to worry about finding vendors, which is what a traditional wedding planner does pretty much. We're the, the sort of like the general contractor and we get all these subcontractors to, to do the work. But in, in a traditional sense, your client would pay each of those vendors. Well, what I'm referring to is that you, your client just pays you. It's all about you providing this one-stop shop. And if you don't have a location which might be the case for you, then what you would do is you would offer the other services without the location and just apply them to different locations. You'd have to develop relationships with a few venues. And we'll talk about that when I get into the second wedding planning niche. So the key is that you get in touch with wedding vendors who are great at what they do, but they are limited. They have a limited customer base. So think someone who's maybe new to the industry, but who's very talented. That would be the ideal kind of vendor, a person who knows his or her stuff, but hasn't developed a reputation yet. So why would a wedding vendor offer you a discounted hotel wholesale rate? Well, because you are going to provide them with ready to go business that they don't have to search for. Right. Plus, the type of service that the client want will, will already have been determined beforehand. They don't have to worry about wasting time with clients who can't make up their mind because you're going to handle that. You're going to handle all of that. So by the time you come to the vendor, that's already been decided. So what you would then, what you would need to do before you offer this type of service is you go to each wedding vendor that you want to do business with based on the parameters I just described, right? And have them come up with a package, ideally a package that's not available anywhere else. Well, what I mean by that is the service might be available and Anywhere. They might be offering the service to their clients, but you're going to get it for a very special rate. That's what I mean, not available. I mean, the price shouldn't be available anywhere else. But the two of you would sit down and go over what it is you're going to offer. Maybe you'll have a basic and you'll have a premium. So the photographer will have a basic and a premium package. The florist will have a basic and a premium package. The caterer will have maybe basic, middle, premium package. Same thing for the entertainment. And then, again, they're offering you this these prices at wholesale rates that are not available to the public. And, again, the reason for doing that is because you're bringing them business that's there. By the time you get to them, the client has already signed the dotted line. Fantastic. Just keep in mind, though, that vendors who are super busy and well-known will not need you. They don't need you. They, why would they offer you a wholesale rate? They're... they're making money hand over fist. They don't need you. So again, you're looking for someone who's talented, but 
does not have the customer base. And it may not be someone who's new. It may be someone who's really talented and does this part-time or someone who just hasn't figured out how to market their business. You then are a godsend. So once the service is booked, the client now, the couple getting married has booked this all-inclusive service that is based on these wholesale rates that you have somehow that you have marked up. Once the service is booked, the services fall under your umbrella. It's all you. They don't know who the individual vendors are. And yes, this is a higher risk. The client will pay you and then you will then in turn pay the vendor. So what you then need to do is to collect a sizable deposit and or break down the payments into installments, almost like a car payment, a car note. So each month or whatever the regularity is, the client's going to pay you. And that's going to cover the vendor's fee, that wholesale rate that you've negotiated that you're not sharing with your clients. And then your profit is built into that. Any future business that the clients want to do with the vendor that um, you're teaming them up with belongs to the vendor. And again, when you're doing this, the vendor's name may not be front and center. Now, how you're going to do this is up to you. You might want to keep it top secret. But once the contract is signed and they're doing business with you, they're doing business with you. But this is why you want a rate that's not available to the rest of the public because there's no, you're not trying to incentivize your client to go elsewhere. They can go to the vendor, but they're not going to get the rate that you've given them. This is why you want, again, the wholesale rate. Don't allow your clients to pick apart your packages either. It is what it is. You're going to take some time to, plan, to, to to think this through. Or you could just set a base price and offer add-ons for a fee. So sort of like a la carte. Your client, you have a base package, and then they can add flowers if they want to, add photos if they want to. But really what you want to do is make it a one-stop shop and make it easy. And the less thinking there is, the less decision-making there is for your clients, the better. This doesn't work for every type of client, but every type of client is not for you anyway. Just make sure that you're really selective about who you work with with regard to vendors and clients for that matter because you're only as good as your worst vendor. Think about that. You are only as good as your worst wedding vendor because you can't blame the vendor for not showing up or not delivering. It's you. The client has paid you. Just make sure that you mix things up. You want to try to avoid relying on one vendor for service type, like using only one photographer. First of all, you need to have variety. And also what happens if he or she isn't available? So you want to have maybe two, ideally three in each category that you work work with. And think outside the normal wedding vendor go-to places. So I met this guy who said he had his own, he said he was a florist and had his own flower shop. As it turns out, he just had a stall where he sold flowers. I'm not judging. I'm just saying he could have said that. Anyway, he has a stall with flowers. <laughs> it's so bitter. He, what I'm getting at, he is the ideal person for all-inclusive because he has access to the flowers. And I've seen some of the things, I mean, just by the nature of the fact that he's working with flowers day in and day out, I can contact him and say, okay, I've got a wedding coming up on such and such a date and they want, you know, pink bouquets for the bridesmaids and a matching boutonniere. Done. You see how that goes? So what I'm saying is you don't, again, we're trying to, going after the big guns, the companies that are in business front and center and everyone knows about them, they don't need you. They don't need to mark their prices down. But someone like this guy, I'm shaking my head still, <laughs> get over it, is, 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 works out for me. He has low overhead because he has a stall and not a shop. I'm not, I, I swear to God, I'm not being 
hoity-toity about it. It's just disclosure. Just tell me that up front. Okay, I'm letting it go now. But works out well with regard to pricing. You know, search for Craigslist for vendors. And then when you do find a great vendor, ask them for referrals because their level of production, their level of professionalism is usually demonstrated demonstrated by who they associate with. Got it? So it's all about branding with this all-inclusive thing. It may sound a little, anything different is odd or creates some discomfort at first. But once you kind of get into that and you figure out how the markup works and the pricing, it's convenient. And maybe this is not how things continue for you. Maybe this is just how you get started. But it's a great way to have control of the process. Because the thing is, when you have a variety of vendors, which is how a wedding works, you're at the mercy of the vendors. And yes, I know that's still the the case with all-inclusive, but by setting up front what it is you're going to offer with these packages, you're going to reduce some of this headache and decision-making and we don't know, you know, indecisiveness and things like this. Um, So if you tie in all-inclusive, with a few hand-picked venues, which we're about to talk about around around town. Excuse me. (laughs) I'll repeat that. If you tie your all-inclusive offerings in with a few hand-picked venues around town, you know, the more scenic the venues, the better. Because then you can say, I've got all-inclusive packages available at venue A, at venue B, and venue C. So you are still a one-stop shop, which is reliant on the availability of those venues. But when those folks get to those venues, they can just come see you and you'll give them the one-stop package. Doesn't that sound great? So that's the first niche, all-inclusive. The second idea, which kind of ties in, is working with hand-picked local venues only. So what what I mean by this is that you select two or three local wedding reception venues. Off-premise are most likely to be more interested, and I'll explain why in a moment. An off-premise are an off-premise venue is a venue where things are brought in. They don't have their own kitchen staff. They don't have their own kitchen. They're not providing services on site. All that's to be brought in. So, if you limit the weddings that you do to these locations only, that's that's a niche. Anywhere else, of course, these sirens are going by as I'm recording. Sorry. Anywhere else that weddings are planning outside of your hand-picked venues, you can refer to those as bespoke weddings, custom weddings, and you only accept those on a case-by-case basis. And of course, they'll have a higher rate. Because the thing is, when you're working with a venue, the same venue over and over again, you become so familiar with them, the, the work is less for you. It's it's less of a headache. You know what, what happens because you're there all the time. So you, in essence, become the wedding specialist for that venue and the person with all of the great wedding ideas. So it's almost like you you become the on-site wedding. You know, if you go to a house of worship, house of worship, certain churches they have their own wedding coordinator. You may have even had to work with this person, or maybe you had a little bit of conflict with this person, a bit of a power struggle. Well, you would then become the on-site wedding coordinator for a wedding reception venue. You're not an employee. You're the person that anytime there's a wedding there, you're on call. So you make your money directly with the couple who's getting married. The venue, Or the venue could build your wedding planning fee into a package that they offer or a price that they promote. And this is really a great entry point if you're just getting started with planning weddings because as unexciting as it may sound, it works really well. Again, for the fact that you know, you, be, you, get, to be, you get to know the venue very well. 
because you're there. These are the only weddings you work on are the weddings that happen at this location. And if you can get two or three venues like that in your area, maybe just start with one. That's a real good way to get started. You can partner and even host a few of your wedding info sessions there. So think about it. If you wanted to do a workshop or you wanted to do um, a special or custom bridal show, maybe a bridal show that had a theme, you could do that at this venue because you have a working relationship with them. And depending on the type of venue, they may even have a space that you can use as an office. So if you're concerned about working from home, and I've heard from several listeners who have said, I don't work, I don't have my office, and I think it's making me less professional. Although in most instances, that's really not the case. It's an issue we're making for ourselves than it is for our potential clients. If you're working at a, a venue on a regular, planning weddings at specific venues, it stands to reason you'll meet clients there. And that becomes like a satellite office for you. Your fee, how are you going to do this? Well, you can charge either an a la carte, meaning couples getting married can pick what level of service that they want, or you can set up packages just like you would for any other wedding planning service that you offer. And hey, if you do the all-inclusive thing that I just mentioned, that's your service right there. I just want you to think differently as to how you can stand out and how you can do something that works for you, works for clients. And it, it's memorable. When people, when you tell people what it is that you do and you explain how you do it, and it's not just a tradition, traditional wedding planner, folks remember that. You want to also try to negotiate. You know how a lot of venues will have preferred ven- vendors. So a list of people that they refer. See if you can negotiate being the only wedding planner that this venue partners with. They may or may not go with that. And initially they may not. But if you're doing such a great job of showing the venue, which is all part of it, think of it almost like you're a realtor showing off this site. When you start bringing clients there, potential clients there, or the venue staff sees how you show off their place or present ideas about weddings, they're drawn to that. So you want to become an asset to the wedding venue. You know, promote them wherever you can. You just want to make it so that their life is painful without you. Sounds slightly dramatic, but but that's exactly what I mean. You want to become indispensable so that when it comes to weddings, they're just at a loss. They're like, oh my gosh, we got to call Debbie. Let's see what she comes up with. Or on the one occasion when they decide to show the the space for wedding and you're not there, they realize, God, when Debbie does it, she just seems to have it all figured out. That's the kind of person you want to become. It doesn't mean that you're doing, that you're their employee. It's just that you're using their location for your services. You're limiting your wedding planning services to that location only. No kickbacks. No kickbacks from the venue. Don't do that. So a kickback is when you um, you refer a company or another service provider to your clients and your the company then says, I'm going to pay you for doing that. Usually when they're paying you for doing that, they've marked up the price. So the end user, i.e. the couple getting married, are paying more to accommodate that. You don't want any of that. It's not necessary. You're bringing the, you're, tell them the, the venue, you're bringing them business and you're making their lives easier. You're, you, the wedding planner, will have clients. They will have a night that their venue is booked without very little effort on their part. There's no reason for any other money to change hands other than what the agreed rate is. And just by the way, if you have a connection 
at a popular wedding destination where you're not physically located, you could still do this. So what I mean is if you are, say, you're here in D.C. and you have a good friend or family member who's as competent as you are on the other side of the country or maybe in a coastal town um, or maybe overseas in the Caribbean, you can kind of do this. What I what it then means is that you're limiting yourself to that destination. You may not be there physically, but you're the go-to person at your location for people that want to get married there at that destination. I don't know if I've confused you there. But it all comes down to you just limiting where you want to work. It makes your life so much easier. You don't have to wonder how far, how long it's going to take you to get there. What's the setup like? Do they have enough electrical outlets? How much parking is there? What kind of tables do they have? What What's the linen like? You know, things like that. You just become familiar with a location like the back of your hand. Keep your eyes open for potential venues. The, like the all-inclusive, though, this may not be, and it shouldn't be, the, the wedding venues that are the norm that everybody goes to, the, the ballroom that everyone uses. Keep your eyes open when you see a space that makes sense for a wedding. And if it's a big open space but looks pretty plain, hey, you're a wedding planner. You know how to transform that space so it looks spectacular. That's a venue you should be doing business with. That's a venue where you should be the preferred wedding planner. That should be one of your limited spots that you plan weddings. Okay? So that's option number two, niche number number two. The third suggestion for a wedding planning niche is to specialize in, in planning pre- and post-wedding parties only. So in this instance, you don't actually plan weddings. Instead, you're the master of the engagement parties the bachelorette or bachelor parties, hen or stag nights, formal bridal showers, rehearsal dinners, post-wedding brunch. The couple may not be your client. You may actually be working with family and friends of the couple. So they need to know that you exist because, again, you're not actually doing the wedding. Similar to the all-inclusive arrangement, you'll need to spend time arranging deals with area clubs, vendors, venues, entertainment, really not, not much different than if you were planning weddings. This is really you're an event planner, less, less than you are a, a wedding planner because you're not actually planning the wedding, but all of your events surround the wedding. So you are a time saver. Employed professionals will need you. Someone who has been tasked with planning their sister's bridal shower or the, the, the best man that needs to plan his best friend's bachelor party or bachelor night. The mom of the groom who is hosting the wedding rehearsal dinner will need you. There are several different sub-niches within this niche, by the way. So you could be like the good time gal, and I mean that in the best way, meaning doing all the fun, maybe wild and crazy bachelor, bachelorette parties, or you could be the planning company of a much higher end formal event planning service. So maybe you're doing the formal wedding rehearsal dinner or the upscale bridal shower. You know, you know, none of these tacky, I didn't, say, I didn't mean to say tacky, but I said it right. None of those <laughs> funny and, you know, <laughs> none of those games that, 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 that <laughs> more formal. That's really what I'm, I'm getting. At. I don't know why I just didn't say that. You can really decide 
how you want to angle this. So the fact that you're doing pre and post wedding wedding parties, wedding celebrations is one thing, but you can dig a little deeper with regard to your brand and your styling. You can even focus on a specific ethnicity or a group. For example, maybe you focus on these types of parties and events for Christian wedding, for Christian couples. So someone's host, someone is a devout Christian and has particular guidelines and styles of what the bachelor the, the bridal shower should be or how the um, the wedding rehearsal dinner should be, then you specialize in that area. Maybe you focus on the Nigerian community and the events that surround that of a traditional Nigerian wedding. Maybe that's your specialty. So you're still doing only the pre and the post wedding parties, but you're doing it within a special sub niche. Maybe you focus on couples who are hosting a same sex wedding. Not that things will be crazy different, but we have to be honest. There are still many vendors and people who aren't comfortable working with a same-sex couple. Now, with you at the helm, you'll know which vendors and which venues are not going to make a big deal or have a hissy fit about this and be able to communicate with clients with regard to that that sub-niche. So different ways that you can do this. With regard to pricing, you could offer your planning packages or pricing structure that's similar to a traditional wedding planning service. So you could have day of, meaning your clients pull together all of the ins and outs of the of the event, whether it's the a pre or post wedding event, but you and your staff are there to execute. Or you can set up your services hourly, or as setting up a partial planning service, or maybe full service. Again, same kind of structure, but the end result isn't that you're not working on a wedding, you're working on an event that's part of the wedding maybe the wedding weekend or the the package of wedding celebrations. Whatever you do, whatever you do, don't price based on your spending habits. And I know we're all guilty of this, me included. And this goes for anything we're doing. I used to have a hard time believing that I could ever plan an event that cost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, meaning very high end, because I don't have a, a I, I don't have a high end pocketbook, really. But I had to realize I can't do that. If I'm providing value, I know what it is that I'm doing and I know how to do all of the logistics to get the end result that somebody wants. Why can't I offer that service? And that's how you have to think. And the reverse may be true. Maybe you come from, you have the high-end background, the high-end wallet, but you see that the demand is for a lower, lower price service. Well, then offer that. Just whatever it is, don't Figure out your pricing based on your spending habits. Pay attention to the local demographics and what people need, what they want. You want to brush up on your pre and post wedding etiquette because you're the person, the go-to person that people are going to have questions about. And other wedding planners will likely want to send their clients to you. Because when someone's working on a full service wedding, which actually may include some of these events, but a lot of times it may not, or maybe the the thought, again, isn't until later on. And more than likely, a lot of these events are not being hosted by the couple getting married. There are other people that need your services. So you're kind of going in a different direction there. But the pre and post wedding parties only is another great wedding planning related niche. The fourth wedding planning niche is a favorite of mine. And that's planning it's nifty weddings, putting a wedding together in however many weeks. And the mere fact that I'm measuring planning time in weeks as opposed to months is a novelty within itself. So if you use the all-inclusive angle that I mentioned first and you tie it in with the specific venues, which was the second niche that I mentioned, 
you've got a quick turnaround wedding. You've got the place and you've got the services. You've lumped that all together. You could possibly plan a wedding in a matter of weeks. The thing is, you have to encourage couples to be flexible. You know, they've got to consider maybe a Thursday night for a wedding or maybe a Sunday evening. Non-traditional wedding venues. Their favorite ballroom may not be available, so they've got to look at other options. Maybe it's a wedding at home. Maybe it's a wedding that's outdoors. The, the, The flexibility needs to come into play. Basically, you want to go in the opposite direction of traditional and prove what can be done when you begin thinking outside of the box, which is why this is a personal favorite of mine, because as I mentioned, I tend to go in the other direction than everybody else, which wreaks havoc when I'm driving. No, I'm just teasing. So, for example, the next time you see when I was out um, the other day, we my daughter and I were shopping and I saw this um, sort of like pants and skirt attached. I know it, it looks much better than it sounds. Cigarette pants, cigar pants. Is that what they call them? Cigar pants, cigarette pants, where they're narrow, very narrow, almost like in a sateen fabric. And it had this full um, skirt that was attached at the waist. Um, so the front is open, but the, the skirt tra- trails behind. I'll have to post a picture if I remember to do this on the show note page. And I thought, oh my God, that's perfect for a casual wedding. Things like that you want to be able to share with potential clients because you know what's happening? Because everyone's bombarded with what a wedding should look like, there are many people that want to do something different, but they're looking for confirmation that it's okay. They want someone else to say, yeah, I love that idea too. You can certainly do that. You could be that person. So the next time you're at a store and you see beautiful satin pumps on clearance and maybe they're like a, an aqua, like a, you know, like a light blue a turquoise, those would be perfect for the something blue at a wedding. But hey, who has, who says they have to be be turquoise? Maybe you see they're like a bright pink. And say, this would look fabulous with a dress. Wouldn't this be a great punch for, uh, 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 for your wedding outfit? Take a picture of that. People want someone like you to give them confirmation that it's okay to do things that are outside of the box. And this ties in really well if you're a wedding officiant. It's just all in the branding. Because I wouldn't even announce that I'm a wedding officiant. Well, I guess I would, but if I could package it as someone who can bring the wedding together because I, you know, the officiating and I mean, because if you're currently officiating weddings, right, and you add a florist and a photographer into the mix, you're practically there. You've practically set up all inclusive, well, at least for the ceremony portion. And that's what I mean about thinking outside of the box. So, you know, the four again that I'm in love with, for wedding planning niche uh, that you may not have thought that you may not have thought about is providing all inclusive wedding planning, working with just a few handpicked local venues only for wedding planning, focusing on pre and post wedding parties only, and doing the weddings really quickly, the nifty weddings, planning a wedding in a very short amount of time, pretty much weeks instead of months. But there are tons of other wedding niches because sometimes I, I don't know how my brain doesn't explode when I'm just thinking of things um, like the surprise wedding. I love that. So this is planning a wedding with your clients in secret. So the guests are invited to a party or special event only to discover when they get there that it's a wedding that's about to take place. Cool, right? So you're still planning a wedding, but usually means it's not at a traditional location because if it were at a church, we'd probably know, hey, they're getting married. So it's a different location, but... It means you're, you're kind of planning in, covert, in a covert manner. It, it cannot be 
obvious that the wedding is being planned. And a lot of the key players don't even know, you know, that the wedding is happening. So that's a specialty, you know, on its own. I read, I'm going to have to look for the link, of this woman who set up a bridesmaid for hire business. Just as the name suggests, you can hire her as your bridesmaid. So if the bridesmaid is acting up, the maid of honor is out, you can, this woman will come in. Um, and she's not just a bridesmaid. She's actually someone who's there, who's actually act, fulfilling the role of the maid of honor. So she actually, you know, help the, the bride with the setup and do things that the, the, the maid of honor is traditionally tasked to do. That's a really cool, different niche. Any non-traditional style of wedding. That's a, that's a really great way to, to set up your business. So the tea party wedding. Having a, a wedding on a Saturday evening is the most expensive type of wedding you can have. But if you have the wedding on Saturday tea time or maybe you have a breakfast or brunch wedding, that's different. And it costs less. And you're, you're, the, the, you're, the money goes a lot further. Well, why not focus on that? Weddings at weddings at 11 or something like that, or weddings at noon, which really means that you're focusing on the brunch wedding. Are you doing anything amazingly different than any other wedding planner? No, but just the mere fact that you've positioned yourself as someone who's focused, focused on the brunch style wedding sets you apart. Dessert only. How about that? So someone who's having maybe a late wedding with a dessert buffet I mean, that could even tie in with a surprise wedding, really, because it's an off the it's a different wedding anyway. If you're having it later on in the evening, folks don't really know what's going on until they get there. It's a wedding. Oh, wow. okay. And then we serve cake and champagne and a host of other desserts. This is what I mean about standing, standing out and doing things differently, because a niche is a good thing. It's such a good thing. The wedding planning market is crowded. There are more people who want to be wedding planners than there are who are willing to hire a wedding planner. Many of us get into this field without much preparation, which is a shame because the the clients and the other professional wedding, wedding vendors don't trust us when we come along. And it's because of that low barrier of entry to become a wedding planner. So once you're in this thing, you want to stand out by being different. It's a great way to get involved without going the whole hog. So what I mean by that is if you're just focusing on, well, all-inclusive is a little more involved, but let's say you're just focusing on the pre and the post-wedding parties. You're not really getting into being a full-service planner. You're getting into the nuances of what happens around a wedding, surrounding a wedding. And I think that's less of, it's less overwhelming than saying, hey, I'm a full service wedding planner. Because what happens when folks say they want to be a full service wedding planner, they're taking on a lot of responsibility. And when you're brand new, if you haven't done a lot of planning and figuring out how you're going to make this business work, then you fizzle out a lot faster. With a specialty, you'll also have less competition and you're likely to make more money because the eyes are on you. And in my experience, the turnover in this industry in the wedding planning industry, it's about six to nine months. And I know this because, and it's not a, it's not a, what's the word? What's the word? It's not a scientific observation by any means, but I, I see names when like, for example, on the email list, I see who's coming in and then I see who falls off. And it's about six to nine months that the interest hold, you know, holds on. And then after that, folks fade out. You know, the very same people who were so certain that they would leave their day jobs to plan weddings have moved on. 
And it's just the nature of the wedding planning industry because it's been portrayed as something that's so glamorous. And the reality is it, it is not. So once you settle on a niche, promote it. Don't bury it. It's okay to turn potential business away. Every wedding is not for you. Just be sure to research the feasibility of what you're planning to do. If you're in a metropolitan area where the population has a disposable income, the specialties that I've mentioned today are certainly worth your consideration. But each area is different, so you've got to make sure you check it out. And if folks are not generally hiring wedding planners, having a niche may not make an iota of difference. I'm sorry. If folks are not hiring professional wedding planners, having a niche may not help you. Again, each situation is different, but we've got to keep it real, especially if you're running a business. Contrary to what you may believe, a niche does not mean that that's the only type of wedding you'll ever plan. Once you begin to garner attention, you elevate to wedding expert status in no time and you become way more credible which opens up the door to some of the other ideas you have in that clever mind of yours. And of course, you're going to make more money. Okay? So I want you to trust me on that one. What are your thoughts? I mean, what are your what have you what wedding planning niches have you come up with? What have you seen perhaps in other industries that you thought, "Hmm, I wonder how that would work because I do that all the time." I do that all the time. If you want to listen to a couple of other episodes that I've done in the past about the wedding niche thing, the wedding planning niche, check out episode 370. So com slash 370 and episode 390, slash 390. Those are two other episodes that you might find helpful. Today's episode is 400, com slash 400. So please check out the episode page for notes and I'll link the other two episodes. But I'd love to hear from you. You know, Give me a call and leave a voicemail message on the Listener Talkback line. I'll leave the number again. It's 202-681-2126. And, of course, on the WeddingsForLiving.com show page for this episode, which is WeddingsForLiving.com slash 400, please leave your comments. Let me hear your feedback. I'd love to know what your thoughts are. And other readers and other listeners I know will be grateful for your input. Weddings for Living is also on iTunes. I'd love to hear from you there, and I should do a better job of telling you how to get there. But if you go to weddingsforliving.com slash iTunes, you'll see the link. Then you can subscribe to the page, subscribe, subscribe, excuse me, to the show. But again, it would be love to hear your review, good, bad, or otherwise. And I will add this. I don't usually promote it because I do this for um, the wedding day of wedding business uh, clients. But if you do want some one-on-one time, I can definitely schedule that for you and we can talk. If you go to debbiequain.com slash consulting, you can book some time with me. If you're interested in doing that, just send me an email. I'll send you a coupon code, which is uh, just write to me, Debbie, at weddingsforliving.com if you're interested in one-on-one consulting. Okay? But that's really what I've got for you today. I hope you've learned something today. I love the idea of zigging when everyone's zagging. Maybe that's not for you, but I think that's where a lot of the 
um, the magic happens when we kind of go outside. Well, first, when you go outside of your comfort zone, but also when you go in the opposite direction of where everyone else is. We're not all sheep. I don't know why we all have to follow the same direction. So take a chance. What's the worst thing that could happen? It's not rocket science. We're just planning weddings for a living. As always, lots of love and success. My name is Debbie Quain. I look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. Passionate about weddings? Staying awake at night wondering if you could be a professional wedding planner? If you'd like to get paid to plan weddings, download Debbie's free audio class, Seven Truths Every Wedding Planner Should Know, and discover seven insider secrets about what it takes to run your own successful wedding planning business. Go to WeddingsForAliving.com today and get instant access to this information-packed audio class. It's yours free at WeddingsForAliving.com. Go to WeddingsForAliving.com now. Visit WeddingsForAliving.com.